1: DIO 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown.
2: Welcome in. Welcome in, everybody, to the latest edition of the Rotovis High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome to February. This is the first one we're doing in February, and this officially kicks off the 2023 season of the Rotovis High Stakes Lowdown. So glad to be back. Either season seven or eight. I, I get it mixed up. It blurs together at this point now. Uh, but so glad that the FFPC has a uh, has their own show, basically, on Rotovis' podcast channel, which we're very thankful for. Shout out to Rotovis for making that happen. I am Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and, of course, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Speaking of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, if you're looking for some action right now, I would highly recommend you get on over to MyFFPC.com. You can win $25,000 in the 2023 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament at just $125 entry fee at myffpc.com. You can also go to myffpc.com and win $5,000 in the 2023 FFPC Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament as well. Again, at myffpc.com for just a $35 entry fee. Both of those tournaments are running now. They're going to go all the way to the start of the NFL draft, and then they're going to stop on April 27th. No kickers, no defenses, follows best ball slim rules, 14-week regular season, single-week elimination playoffs from weeks 15 through 17, and we crown a winner in week 17 of the 2023 season. Drafts are available at a 30-second clock, a 60-second clock, a two-hour clock, and a six-hour clock, Uh, so you can go to myffpc.com and register for those right now while you are um, uh, joining those drafts. Scroll through all the dynasty orphans that we have open there too. Myffpc.com is your home for dynasty fantasy football, and we have a ton of great orphan teams at reduced prices right now. Myffpc.com is where to go to pick up those dynasty orphans for 2023 and uh, play fantasy football 365 days a year. And also get on over to dynastydepot.com to uh, sign up with the discount code uh, promo code. Beg your pardon, ffpc five. And uh, you'll get 60 days access to DynastyDepot.com Depot, where you can buy orphan teams, sell orphan teams, bid on orphan teams, and uh, move your way up the leaderboard there so you can qualify to win a million dollars for free in the 2023 FFPC main event. Uh, that's at DynastyDepot.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the uh, all the videos we put on this channel, comment on the video, share them with your friends, and get notified as well. It helps us uh, create the best possible and most possible content on this YouTube channel. And, of course, the RotoViz High Stakes Slowdown is no different. We get the heavy hitters on, and we got one of the heaviest of the heaviest tonight. Uh, He is uh, a former guest of this show. He's been on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour before. He came this close to winning $500,000 in the 2022 Football Guys Players Championship. He had to settle for second place and a $150,000 payday. You follow him on Twitter. At BQuerbies1, please welcome into the show, welcome back onto the show, Bill Querbies. Bill, welcome in, man.
3: Thanks a lot, Eric. Great to be here. Uh, As always, good to chop it up with you and uh, talk some football tonight. Yeah, it's going
2: to be fun. Um, We got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, but, you know, as I alluded to, I think we've had the we've had drafts going on at the FFPC now for probably about three weeks or so, including both these tournaments. And I want to get your your thoughts on some of the early early ADP on that, um, some of the moving parts that are going on right now. And then, of course, we will put a bow on it by uh, making our Super Bowl predictions and uh, and let the listeners know how we think that game is going to turn out on, on Sunday. But first of all, shout out to you, man, 150k runner up in the football guys players championship. I know you had more than one team in that obviously, but how did you get this one nearly to the top? What was it like watching the championship round? And quite frankly, when the championship round began, I think you were outside the top 100. What was it like watching your team ascend up that leaderboard?
3: Yeah, no, it was a, it was an amazing end to the year. I mean, I think I think anyone that hasn't played in like these national uh, contests when you have a sweat kind of coming down the stretch there, there's really nothing like it, right? And um this team in particular um, was one that I actually had a co-manager, which was my twin brother, um, and so we, you know, we drafted this team back together. I think in the in the July timeframe, and um, you know, kind of going as you said, kind of going into um, you know week 15, we were you know in, in like 300th place or something like that. You know, we we had a big uh, week 15 had like 190 points, which got us kind of in the in the top hundred or so. And then, kind of, just kind of had a steady climb, you know, up, up, up to the top um, the last couple of weeks, and um, it was, it was a really good sweat, um, you know, this the final Sunday, um, you know, particularly in the 4 p.m. game. I know there was, um, you know, a couple of uh, late, late uh, touchdowns of Mahomes to McKinnon that were huge for us. Yeah, I think there was two touchdowns that they uh, they hooked up on um, in, in the second half of that game, right. which, was, which was huge, kind of vaulting us into uh, into second place, and then of course, you know the the Monday night game, you know, the, everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin, you know, was, was, was kind of crazy and unexpected and, you know, everyone was kind of rooting for him, you know, worried about his health, but you know, at the same time, there was, you know, kind of a question of, you know, what's, what's going to happen here. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, this big, this big crescendo all the, all the way through Sunday. And then we were kind of, you know, just waiting to see what would happen for the next several days, but, you know, ended up for us working out, working out pretty, pretty well.
2: Did you, Bill, for this one, did you feel like, you know, because normally, I, I don't want to say normally, but a lot of times we see these these um, teams that do very successful, they're drafted in August or September. Um, and part of the reason is we just have a lot more drafts going on in August. Yeah. Or September. Yep. But, but this one you drafted, I want to say the first week of July, did you feel like you did anything differently, you know, knowing that we didn't really have training camp or anything like going like that? This was all just basically, you know, gut feel, processing of the limited information you had did you and your brother do anything different with this draft or the way you manage this team because you drafted it so early
3: you know it's it's funny I, I don't think so the interesting thing about about this team was you know a lot of things kind of fell to us with players that we liked you know we we ended up kind of going zero rb right we started with kelsey you know we we came back in then at, at from the seventh spot we came back in the second round and cd lamb was sitting there we were both pretty excited out of cd lamb so we were like okay you know we'll we'll take him here and then you know the next round we took Pittman we were excited about him and you know what, kind of just, I'm
2: sorry I'm sorry to interrupt Bill what slot were you drafting in in this draft we were from the seven from the seven Scott okay uh, please continue,
3: yep so we went Kelsey Lamb Pittman and then uh, we 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 went two more wide receivers actually in a row there we went Mike Williams and Jerry Judy and then we ended up getting a great value on Josh Jacobs which is kind of one of the you know breakout players of the year really and then coming down the seventh at the seven seven we got Mahomes which was you know just you know, really incredible value in, in terms of where he had been going in a lot of the other drafts that I was in. So, um, you know, things just kind of, you know, fell in place there and it was, it was a pretty strong team, you know, most of the year. Um, but you know, a couple of things had to hit right. Right. You know, we, we hit on McKinnon in like, you know, the 16th round or something like that. Right. And he was our running back to most of the year. Right. So, you know, some things like that, you know, you just kind of have to have fall into place and kind of get, get a little bit lucky in some spots too. Right.
2: Right. And totally. Uh, and, and I think, um, If I remember correctly, um, our Go Bills trio that won that back-to-back FFPC main event, Don Barani, Nick Costantino, and then Sean Stutzman, I think they had Mahomes, uh, McKinnon, and Kelsey. So I guess the lesson here is keep it simple. Just draft Chiefs all the time, right, Bill?
3: Yeah. You know, go with the best teams, draft the best players, right? I mean, easy game, right? Right. Easy game, indeed. Yeah.
2: Um, All right. So I want to get into some of the stuff that some of the stuff you've learned over the years apply it uh, to what people are doing right now in the FFPC never too early tournaments. Daniel Popper is the chargers beat writer. And this kind of caught my eye. Actually, both of these things caught my eye that he thinks that both Gerald Everett and Keenan Allen are both going to be cap casualties and will be cut from the Los Angeles chargers to, uh, to make room on the cap to get under the cap. Um, If you are drafting right now, any of the FFPC players watching this right now are listening to it. Um, if you are drafting, how do you handle not only Everett and Allen, knowing that the beat writer for the Athletic thinks they're getting cut, but how do you handle a guy like Josh Palmer or any of the other Charger skill position players right now? I have ADPs here, and, and I while I let you think about that, I, I should bring that up. So all the ADP data I'm going to reference tonight is from fantasymojo.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Fantasy Mojo. Darren Armani, the godfather of the FFPC pros versus Joes. He compiles all this data. We always cite him uh, when we cite his data. So right now you're looking at Keenan Allen, as wide receiver 22 at the five Oh seven, you're looking at Gerald Everett, uh, right now as the tight end 16, he's going at the 11 Oh seven, Mike Williams, as you might expect is going fairly high. Um, if I can find him on here, yeah, wide receiver 24. So he's actually going behind Keenan Allen at the five Oh nine. And then, uh, Palmer, I'll bring him up right now. Uh, because you would think that he would be taking the place of Keenan Allen, wide receiver fifty six at the thirteen oh three. Your thoughts on the Chargers now that you know these ADPs, Bill?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I read a similar story about their their cap situation. I think it was like twenty three or twenty four million over the cap, right? So you know that there was only a handful of players. I think they had that make more than you know four million. So I think that the likelihood of at least one of them getting cut is you know pretty high. You know, and I think um, you know. It, Given the kind of you know age at which Keenan Allen's at, you know he's he's getting up there, and you know I think he's thirty, um, and 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 Mike Williams hasn't been kind of uh, you know the, the healthiest guy we'll, we'll say it in, in his career as well. I think Palmer's somebody at his ADP I, I like a lot, and you know you figure if if any of the things happen, if one of those guys getting moved, one of them doesn't stay healthy that's a bet that I could see paying off. Right. And, and, you know, he at times when he was, when he was getting playing time last year, when one of those guys was out was, was quite productive in in some of those games. So he's somebody that I would certainly, you know, I think you said 13 round on him, you know, I would, I would take some shots on him for certain. And, you know, I think Everett to me feels like, um, you know, uh, maybe a little easier to replace than, than maybe somebody like Keenan Allen, just in terms of, you know, uh, Herbert really loves Keenan Allen seems to, seems to lock on him at, at times um, you know, so I could see, you know, kind of, you know, maybe Everett going, and them filling in with a, a cheaper tight end replacement and, you know, trying to find a way to let some other um you know veteran salary go to try to save save Key and Allen. But either way, I think, you know, somebody like Palmer could be a value, you know, in the later rounds for sure.
2: Um, what about Justin Herbert in, in this situation? He's the quarter the sixth quarterback off the board. Now he is right behind Lamar Jackson. I think there's more volatility with Lamar Jackson, knowing what could happen or what might not happen with him this off but he's becoming going behind Jackson. And then obviously uh, Allen, Mahomes hurts and Burrow are all ahead of him. Do you get a little bit nervous about drafting Justin Herbert at the end of the fourth round, which is where he's going right now, knowing that we could have some change over here. Yeah. In he,
3: players? He, he's someone that I'm not in on at that, that price. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of it comes to around, you know, the, these higher end guys, right. That, 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 that get rushing yards. Right. You know, and and he's not somebody who's really known to, to rush a whole lot. So, you know, when you compare him to, to, you know, some of the elite guys like, you know, Josh Allen or, or, um, you know, Hertz or somebody, right. You know, he, he's, he's going to really have to throw (laughs) throw for a lot of touchdowns to really kind of uh, you know, that that's kind of like his, his ceiling in in my opinion. So, um, you know, I, he's somebody I'd probably uh, be off a little bit at that, at that price.
2: Sticking in La La land, let's talk about the Rams here. They had a snake bit season. Uh, obviously, won the Super Bowl last year. Pretty bad uh, this past year in 2022. Injuries contributed to that. Is there any nervousness for you? Cooper Cup is the third receiver now off the board at the 105 behind Jefferson and Chase. Uh, you look at Allen Robinson. I and listen, if I can find an Allen Robinson sympathizer this year, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> hang out with them because they'll make me feel better about my life. But Allen Robinson, wide receiver, 81. At the 17-11 right now, and then the other pass catcher I'll bring up in in for the Rams is, is Tyler Higby, who I know you had a lot of shares of last year. Uh, Higby, tight end seventeen, actually going right behind Everett at the eleven oh eight. Bill, when you look at the Rams uh, offense and what you think it'll be this this year, knowing those are the current prices for the Rams, and and knowing that Cup is really the the high high ticket item here on that on that offense. Are do any of those represent like maybe paying too much, paying too little?
3: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I think I think basically everything that could go wrong with for them went went wrong pretty much last year. I mean, between, you know, you know, injuries to Stafford and Cup and you know the Allen Robinson experiment, what what an absolute disaster there. I I I I can I can raise my hand as somebody who had a, a far too many shares of him um in the third, fourth round range, um embarrassed to say at this point. Um you know <laughs> Me they, too. they Yeah, right. Um they you no, know, I think I think they should be better, you know, hopefully. Um with everybody coming back healthy, um, you know, I I think, you know, they they really probably need a second wide receiver, you know, because, I, you know, no one really stepped up into that role last year. And I think that was kind of a weak spot. Um, you know, I, I, I think for me, Cup is probably more of a, a back half of the first round type of guy rather than, you know, a top three picks, you know, he's not somebody I'd be taking over, you know, the Jeffersons and the chase is kind of the elite young, young talent. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, uh, I think as it is, um, you know, I think, late 20s now what what is what is cup in terms of age i think something like that maybe 28 or and and i you know he's approaching 30 uh too if i remember correctly
2: yeah he turns 30 in june
3: yeah so so with another you know pretty serious injury um bouncing back from at that age um you I, I'm not. I'm not dying to take him in the first few picks, and uh, you know I'd probably be looking for him towards the the second half of the of the first round. Hard to deny his his uh, his connection with 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 Stafford. Even the beginning of the last season, they kind of you know were, were, were already you know playing well. But you know if he's slow to recover, you know he might be somebody that I'm not. I'm not um, you know that that big on um, this year. Um, you know Higbee, I think was was one where. You know he was kind of a sneaky value last year. You know he was like 16, 17 by ADP, and I think at the end of the year he ended up. I, I was shocked when I looked at it at the end of the year. That's how bad tight end was, I guess. But he was like tight end five or six by the end of the year. So you know I think if if he stays, um, you know, kind of in the in the uh, double digits, you know, I think I think I forgot what you cited his his ADP at. You know, I he's somebody I'll, I'll be interested in taking some shares of again this year.
2: Um, I I think. Uh, um the interesting like if you look at cup he's going right ahead of Tyree Hill and Devonte Adams right now i don't doubt the talent of hill or adams the question mark here and this is why you're trying to capitalize on early uh, draft value is the the quarterback thing right if tunga Bailoa comes back and he's good to go all of a sudden hill looks like a much better choice than cup if yeah. if uh the raiders get aaron rodgers or or somebody else you know competent um you know at, at least derek Carr level Devante Adams looks like a pretty good bargain there, too, I as agree. well. Um, the, the cup thing is interesting because – and and by the way, um, Scott Kobe, former guest of the show, former uh, guest of the HSFF Hour, uh, chiming in in the chat right now, do the Rams have any cap room to get another receiver through three agency? And I just checked this out. Uh, Field Yates from ESPN is saying uh, they're only going to have uh, a little over 400 grand um, from the 2022 season into the 2023 season, that's the lowest amount for any NFL team. So not only is the draft capital non-existent in Los Angeles, not a lot of cap space there uh, yeah. either. So I, I think that that's, um, that that's something to be paying attention to with, you know, what does Rick Pitino say? Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Well, I don't know if another receiver's walking through that yeah. door in Los Angeles to to take yeah. pressure off of. of uh, unless you're, are you a Van Jefferson believer? What do you think about him?
3: you know, I, I I was, you know, I, I had a lot of him, you know, everyone did in in late round kind of best ball shares, um, you know, hoping he would, he would emerge or have some spike weeks. You know, he was kind of okay. He didn't, he didn't flash for me the the way I thought I saw him in a couple of times the prior season. So um, I don't know, the jury's still out there on him for me. I I don't know. I kind of got to see a little bit more on the field for um, me to be excited about him again.
2: Saquon Barkley was the guy we're all excited about when he was a rookie, put up some really good numbers. And then he's been kind of a polarizing guy. Now, some of the injuries he had were kind of freak things, not necessarily nagging things. And I think um, if you if you used a, a an early round pick or you got him at a, at a value in your draft for 2022, you're probably pretty happy about it. At least the first half of the season, he seemed to wear down the second half of the season. You're obviously paying much more of a premium this year in 2023. In fact, you're looking at him as the fourth running back off the board. Going at the 112, that's a little bit higher than what he was going at last year. What what do you think about – I mean, he had the bounce back in 2022. Is 112 about his right value, Bill, or do you think that's a little too high?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I could see you know as as it as we go forward, right? If if, if he kind of is, is going into the early part of the second round, you know, I I certainly have some some interest there. I mean, I think I think the first year with Dayball went well, you know, and and you know, given the state of the wide receiver core this year, I mean, it, it can only get better, right? In terms of you know, they were they were rolling out you know um, Isaiah Hodgkins and uh, Ricky James, and and they did okay, but you know these are you know these are not really starting NFL wide receivers, right? So I think if 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 um you know maybe maybe they if, I don't know if they, what their what their draft situation looks like but if they were able to draft somebody or or, or pick up a a, a solid free agent wide receiver, uh, maybe maybe trade for someone like T Higgins that'd be that'd be nice as a Giant fan I'd, I'd love to see that or and and comes comes back healthy you, you could see them moving the ball a little bit better to the point where there might be more scoring opportunities for Barkley. So you know, kind of on that on that account alone, you know, if the offense is, is is improved a little bit second year under their new head coach and and you know, kind of a better overall skill position room, you know, I, I could see there maybe being chances for more touchdowns and what he kind of experienced, you know, like you said in the second half of the year when he faded.
2: I think um, you know it's going to be interesting because I I think that the well FFPC it's a little bit different because you can build your team um, any which way, but you look at um, how historically fantasy football drafts have gone it's like, okay, you get the hero RBs at the front of the first round, and then you get these receivers and tight ends filling up the back end. And like, right now, like, you have Barkley going on at the back end. Bijan Robinson's ADP right now is the two hundred two. You got to believe that that dude's ADP is probably going to be sneaking up, especially if he lands in a really good fantasy spot. Yeah. Um, but McCaffrey, Eckler uh, are are both going in the first half of the first round. Jonathan Taylor now <laughs> settling in at the one hundred eight, and, and and a ton of receivers still going in the back end of the of the first round as well. And this ADP will shift; it will change. We're not to free agency yet. We're not to the NFL draft yet. But obviously, this is how uh, the the sickos. And the degenerates who are drafting right now, and I use that term in jest, obviously, Of course. Um, that, uh, that are drafting right now, this is how they see it. Now, I feel like every single time I've had a guest on over the last four or five months, Bill, I've asked about Denver, and you are no different here. Right? You're going to get the Denver question. The difference is now we know um, Sean Payton is going to be in charge uh, of that team there going forward. Um, If he revitalizes Russell Wilson in Denver, number one, do you think he's going to? And number two, let's say Russell Wilson has a bounce back. Is Cortland Sutton going to be the biggest beneficiary of that? Or are you more of a Judy guy? I know you took Judy on this uh, $150,000 team last year, but how do you see this shaking out in 2023 for uh, Peyton, Wilson, Sutton, and Judy?
3: Yeah, no, it's funny that you mentioned this because uh, it may be a little too early to talk about Russ because I'm still licking my wounds from last season around my, my Russ Wilson exposure, um, you know, which which was really kind of probably my highest own quarterback, which 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 was a pretty painful uh, year for him. Um, you know, and, and I was also pretty in on Sutton, you know, um, in some cases, maybe reaching a little bit too much for him in the third round um, in, in some drafts last year um you know it was funny because when they when they signed Peyton, I kind of went back and was curious I I looked back in his years in New Orleans you know the 15 years or so he was there and kind of some of the wide receiver seasons that he had and you know kind of what 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 were the kind of um wide receiver one uh talent he had on his team and you know he had i think you know th- those three great years with Michael Thomas right where you know he had 100 catches kind of three years in a row kind of 2017 to 2019 he had you know three really good seasons um or three or four actually pretty good seasons with Joe Horn and then a few mm-hmm. good seasons with Marquise Colstead as well. Yeah, And, you know, kind of looking at that, you know, kind of made me feel like he could, he can kind of support most of the years he was there. He supported, you know, a pretty strong, you know, wide receiver one, you know, type season from, from somebody. I think the, 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 the piece that, you know, as I thought about it a little bit more, you know, the, the, the big missing piece here is that was with Drew Brees, right. And, and so, you know, in terms of the quality of, um, you know, the passing game around Drew Brees versus, you know, Russell Wilson today, you know, I think I'd, I'd probably take Drew Brees in his prime, you know, over over Russell Wilson today. So, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, that, that the offense will be improved this year. I think that, you know, it, it's not going to probably get worse than it was um, this this past season. You know, I, I I'd probably, um, you know, be drafting some of those guys in case, uh, you know, the, the, the big breakout comes in, in year two. But um, you know, I'm I'm certainly not going to overexpose myself the way that I did uh, this past year, in case um, you know Russ is just kind of cooked, and um, you know the, the, this is kind of just the uh, the downfall of him, you know.
2: And um, you bring this up, and this is a great point because I I it's funny, it's one of those bullets that I dodged um, largely with Russell Wilson last year. I did have him on a couple of teams, but not nearly as many as I was targeting him on. I was. Getting frustrated throughout my drafts that, like, man, I missed on Wilson again. I missed on Wilson again. Yeah. And one of those things where you're happy that it happened. Um, but now the great thing this year, as I look at the ADP from Fantasy Mojo, Russell Wilsonville, quarterback 18 at the 11.06. You don't have to draft him as your starter anymore. Yeah. In fact, you can wait until the top, you know, 12, 14, 15 quarterbacks are off the board. You're drafting him now as your backup quarterback. Yep. Quarterback 18. Um, Right, right behind Jared Goff, right ahead of Trey Lance and Matthew Stafford. Um, so this is a guy that you can get in the eleventh round. You can wait on quarterback, and you'll be just fine there um, with Wilson. Now, as far as the uh, as far as the other guys go, uh, Cortland Sutton right now ADP. Wide receiver thirty six at the seven twelve. That's ahead of Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams. I think I might like Burks and Williams better there than Sutton. Uh, but he's going behind Pickens and Deontay Johnson as well. Uh, as far as you say, oh well, bulky. What about Judy? Um, is he going higher or lower than Sutton? I'll tell you right now, Jerry Judy is going higher than Cortland Sutton. Wide receiver twenty seven at the six zero five behind Watson and Kirk. Right ahead of McLaurin and Mike Evans. My God, Mike Evans in the sixth round. What a world we live in. Um, nice. let's talk. Let's let's, <laughs> let, let's talk about. Evan Ingram and Bill, I've been, on a lot of the shows I've been doing, I've been dubbing Evan Ingram as the thief. And the reason I say the thief, because of this massive season he had in Jacksonville, I'm of the opinion that somebody's going to pay him a lot of money and he is not going to uh, give good return on that investment. I'm using his career um, as my guide here on this. Um, Beware the career year. How many times you hear that from Cecil Lambie and Sigmund Bloom on Football Guys podcast all the time. Beware the career year. And I'm being aware of the career uh, year with, with Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram right now, tight end nine at the seven Oh one. Okay. That's, that's palatable there. He's going behind Darren Waller. He's going behind Dalton Schultz. He's going ahead of Pat Fryermuth. And then there's probably about another round and a half before you get to David and Joku, your thoughts on Evan Ingram. I know it's difficult right now. I think he's going to be back in Jacksonville, but we don't know for sure. We know he had a great season. How do you handle Evan Ingram in drafts in
1: February bill?
3: I mean, I, what I will say is, though, I think, I mean, I think this Jags team is a pretty exciting young, young unit here. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about, you know, um, you know, ETN and, and, and Kirk played great and, and really kind of, you know, in a surprising way, almost lived up to the contract that he got. Right. You know, I think, that, uh-huh. the, you know, it's, 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 uh, I've always kind of been somebody that, that uh, loves the the late career breakout from Zay Zay Jones. So, you know, that was, that was a nice story of the year. And then, you know, Adding Calvin Ridley, you know, kind of in, in a kind of sneaky way, you know, if he comes back and he's, you know, um, you know, anything close to what he was before, they actually have a competent NFL coach, which, which, wow, what a difference that makes, right? Um, you know, so I, he's somebody that, um, you know, I think, I think with the Giants, you know, was, was misused in a little way or maybe underutilized. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I, I always, you know, there was a lot of bad giants coaching over the years. So, so I don't, in some cases don't know how much it is the player and how much of it is the, the, the coaching staff and utilization. Right. Um. You know, he, he was somebody who I also had quite a bit last year, you know, at, you know, I think at the, he was like tight end around 18, 19 or something and, you know, finished five or six. Um. You know, I, I think, I think if he's, if he's still in the, you know, six or seven range, you know, you're probably paying probably closer to a ceiling, given the uh, number of other people that are, that are there in terms of competition, if he stays in Jacksonville, but um, you know, I, if, if he's kind of more in the nine to 10 range, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take some of that at that price, I think.
2: Yeah. And, and I guess when I say the thief, I thought he would be going higher, right? Cause I thought people would be going more Gaga for Engram. Now this is not, Tourist season, as we like to say, um, these are a lot of sharks drafting right now. Maybe that's why his ADP is pushed down. I do expect it to go up, and maybe now is the time, Bill, as you said, get your shares of Evan Engram now before they they go up higher when we get to May and June and July for sure. Um, sticking with the tight ends, this is something that uh, Scott Kobe brought up too in in, in the chat um, or Scott Cobe. I always screw up his name, Scott Cobe. Scott Cobe, got to get right. Um, so we talk about Travis Kelsey, and he w- we were kind of going back and forth of how we would. Um, handle the the top three picks, and he said, Well, yeah, Jefferson Chase, but then Kelsey maybe at the 101 in some drafts. Kelsey is a guy that I have in a couple of dynasty drafts, and I've been hanging on to him, knowing we're trying to figure out the right time to sell, and I just don't know if I'm ever going to find the right time to sell. I think he's going to put up numbers in the Super Bowl. I think he's going to put up numbers again in 2023 and perhaps even 2024, knowing Mahomes is going to be there as well. He's another guy who's on the wrong side of 30. He doesn't seem to be slowing down. His numbers over the last five years have been awesome. Bill, if you got the one, uh, the one pick in your football guys draft this year, you got to seriously consider Travis Kelsey. How likely would you be on pulling the trigger there?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as I think I mentioned this earlier, but I mean, you know, for, for me, it, it's, it's probably hard for me to take them at the one on one on Jeff over Jefferson and Chase. Like, you know, they're they're so young and so good that, you know, um, those are the players that, you know, you want to catch their their career season, you know, and, and it could be any any year for for either one of them really at, at this stage. Right. So, um, you know, those are the kind of guys where, I, you know, it, it would be hard given he's 33 for me to kind of take him over those guys. That being said, as you as you rightly pointed out, you know, great system, elite quarterback. You know, um, even even if he slows down a little bit, you know, great red zone role, lots of scoring chances. You know, could could easily continue to put up you know ten touchdown plus seasons. Um, and and you know, in tight end premium, there's there's a lot of value with you know the the lower end of tight end just being so weak, right? So you know, I I, I can st- I can I can very um, clearly see, and you know, I did in many drafts this past season. You know, see myself in the you know, kind of three to five rate, really starting to consider him, right?
2: I it, and to me, it's just it, w- the other thing to consider here too is tight end is it was just so bad so this past bad. year, and uh-huh. and if you get a guy like Kelsey, I mean, my god, that is such an advantage um, for you for whoever you're playing week to week. Like you're going to have like even Mark Andrews or George Kittle or or you know I don't know what's going to happen with Kyle Pitts uh, but any of those guys too TJ Hawkinson like I'd, I'd, I'd rather have Kelsey and and I, I we will see Kelsey go at the 101 in several football guys and FFPC main event drafts and and the question is are are you strong enough to take him over a guy like Jefferson over a guy like chase what have you and some people will be and maybe that'll be the right call maybe it won't be but right now Jefferson and Chase both going ahead of uh, of Travis Kelsey now, we know Tom Brady is retired for now. And we know that the Buccaneers are in search of a quarterback for now. What's interesting here to me is that I looked at the ADP not knowing where Leonard Fournette and Rashad White were going. I was a little surprised to see this. 7-10 for Rashad White, who is the second year running back in Tampa. Leonard Fournette's not going until the end of the t- – well, mid-10th round at the ten oh eight, Which of those? represents better draft value for you right now bill is it is it is it rashad white in the late seventh or is it uh leonard Fournette in the mid-tenth
3: yeah this is a tough one it's funny i um i was i was curious of kind of what the split was with the two of them and at the other day i was i was looking at some of the um their last couple of games and particularly their playoff game and you know and that game whiteout touched him, I think, like almost two to one, like 12 to six or something like that. When it when it really counted and the season was on the line. Right. He was the one that was you know, getting the getting the ball. Right. So, you know, I, I can kind of see where, um, you know, where the ADP stands in terms of, you know, kind of approximately where they're standing was at the, end of the season is kind of where they where they stand by ADP. That being said, you know, the O-line was a mess. The quarterback situation is uncertain. This might be a bad team. And secondly, you know, no one's going to check down uh, less than Tom Brady or, um, you know, more than Tom Brady. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, likelihood that there's still as many receptions to go around, which is which is really what you're looking for there between the two of them is, you know, probably likely, I would say. I'm, I'm probably out on both those guys. But, you know, I think if, if I had to spend money, it would probably be on maybe on the cheaper guy just because, um, you know, I am not that excited about either one of them, to be honest. You know, yeah. Type of thing. And, and that's the thing. That's
2: why they're going so late, obviously, right? Because nobody's excited about either one of these guys in, yeah. in drafts. You know, I mean, Fournette, you look at where he's going right now. He's in the Khalil Herbert, Ezekiel Elliott, Jamal Williams territory. And we'll see what happens with Williams at free agency. And then Rashad White, he's actually going one pick ahead of Miles Sanders. Um, but he's going after Cam Akers and Isaiah Pacheco, going before A.J. Dillon and Brian Robinson. So nobody is necessarily too crazy about those running backs at those spots so i get where you're coming from there could be one of those guys like "Ah, i need a running back i'll go with this guy and and we'll just leave it at that nobody's really stepping forward here uh, as far as what we know now um all right speaking of ezekiel elliott the cowboys decide that they're going to let kellen moore go he goes to the chargers um mike mccarthy (laughs) and jerry jones then hire brian schottenheimer who has historically run a very run-heavy offense in in the NFL, he is now the new O.C. in Dallas. Ezekiel Elliott already said he's willing to take a pay cut to stay on the team. We know Tony Pollard has a broken leg. We also know he's a free agent. So Dallas probably wants to bring him back, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe you have a different feeling on this. But knowing what Brian Schottenheimer has done in the NFL before, does this all of a sudden make Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz like – all these pass catchers a little bit less valuable now that we know what Dallas's plans are to do on offense this season?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think this is a, this is a tricky one. You know, I, I don't, I don't think this is a team I'm going to be over, over, overboard on um, in terms of, you know, uh, number of, number of um, Dallas players I'm looking to get on my teams. You know, I, th- I think I'd probably be okay. Still taking some lamb, you know, I think he's still going to be the cornerstone of the, of the passing games, you know, going to get a lot of looks. I'd be worried about, you know, when, usually when the volume comes down, you're more worried about the volatility of the secondary guys. So, so Gallup and Schultz and people like that, those, those are the kinds of guys where I, I don't really see the upside scenario in, you know, maybe as much. Um, you no, know, I think, I think given that, you know, Pollard's coming back from an injury, you know, it, it's probably going to be some sort of a timeshare between those guys, um, you know, and, and, and usually right as, as has been the case the last two seasons, right. In most drafts, there's there's a there's a Pollard truther that's seeing it as the what what could be if someday Pollard gets all the all the all the carries and, and all the catches versus you know what's more likely to be a split between the two of them, so I you know I, I I kind of fear that we may be kind of in a deja vu situation with that where you know somebody's willing to take them higher than I'm probably willing to take them right um, yeah I
2: I think um you know. The Cowboys are going to be one of those teams. Like for for my dynasty teams, I'm not necessarily oh god, I got to get rid of Lamb or Prescott or any of those guys. Um, but for redraft purposes, when I start that, and I guess technically I already have, uh, I know I have a, a Kentucky draft on on Sunday morning on Super Bowl Sunday morning. Um, so I'll, I'll be looking at you know Cowboys there, but I won't be targeting them if they fall to me and I get good value or what I deem as good value. Then maybe I'll just like okay. But I'll just say this, Cowboys, uh, offense, offensive guys, I do like them. I think they're talented. And I like Lamb, uh, uh, Schultz, obviously Prescott at the right spot. I won't be targeting them in my Kentucky draft on Sunday, but if they fall to me, okay, then I'll take a chance on them there. Um, before I have any more internet issues, let's wrap this up, Bill. Two final questions here. Number one, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Now, um, as far as predictions go, I read this great article on Deadspin uh, today that Carl Schaffers and his crew – well, not his crew, but Carl Shepard is going to be the referee for the Super Bowl. He calls a ton of penalties. Historically, he's always been one of the highest penalty callers in the game. Um, he's refereed 12 playoff games, I believe, in the last 10 years. 11 of them have been under, and when they hit under, they're hitting the under by an average of 13 points, which to me is absolutely massive, okay? Um, he called two Chiefs games this year. 21 penalties he called on the Chiefs in those two games, and he called um, well over 200 yards in penalties. That represented about 21% of all the Chiefs' penalties and all the Chiefs' yardage this year in those two games, which is crazy to me. Philly, he called one of their games, called the Giants for eight penalties. It was the divisional playoff game. Called the Giants for eight penalties, Philly for just four. So, obviously, I'm not loving up on Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I think it's Philadelphia, and I think that they win it. I think the under hits on this. So I'm going to say 24 to 16 lower scoring game in this game. I think Philly gets it done 24, 16. How do you see the Super Bowl game uh, going on Sunday, Bill?
3: Yeah, I, I, I see it a little similarly. I, you know, I, I think there's going to be some scoring, uh, you know, personally, I think, I think the Philly D is, is, as actually pretty solid and, 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 and really, you know, the, the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they're explosive. Right. And, and I think like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you see a team with like, you know, three really good offensive talents, you know, in terms of Devonta Smith and AJ Brown and go to air, right? Like that's, that's tough to stop. And, and at times, you know, I think, you know, you know, Cincinnati's or Kansas city secondary has gotten exposed. So, I mean, I think, I think this is an Eagles win. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, just that Mahomes made it there with a, with a balky ankle and, you know, a bunch of injured wide receivers, Um, you know, this would really be uh put him in the uh in the in the history books if he was able to pull this one off. So I, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be the Eagles. I say something like uh 31, 24 or something like that. You know, I had Nelson Verbit on the high-stakes fantasy football
2: show on BSN last week, and he said kind of the same thing. He thinks the Eagles win, and he doesn't think it's particularly close. I think he had the Eagles winning by like 17, something like that. So um m- much props to to Patrick Mahomes, much props to Travis Kelsey and everything that Kansas City's done this year, Andy Reid as well. Um, but I, I think what I told Nelson last week, and I kind of am still of the belief of this, I think this is where the lack of Tyreek Hill really hurts him in this game. Um, I just, you know, Bradbury and Slay are so good um, that Smith-Schuster, uh, MVS, uh, Tony, even if he plays, these are this is where you come up short in the wide receiver game. I think Kelsey's going to have a big Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be enough. So we're both saying Eagles. Um, one final question from the chat. Scott Cove wants to know. Who is the running back, Bill Querby, that you are going to be heavy on this draft season? Is it too early to say that you're that you're really loving one running back? I mean, I know we got a rough ADP right now going, but is there any running back that you're super that you think you're going to be super heavy on in 2023?
3: Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's a little early for me in terms of my uh, 2023 draft prep. I try to take a little time off in the February March after going so deep hard. Decompress. You know, I it's it's funny, but I you know I've been kind of looking at you know some of these kind of you know call them aging veterans that no one wants that are sliding into the you know fifth sixth in terms of you know Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and I and I think one of those guys you know in the same way that somebody like Josh Jacobs was a big hit this year you know kind of the the guys that no one really wants you know that that you go wide receiver you know tight end heavy. I think there's going to be somebody in that range that's going to be, uh, you know, a, a big piece of uh, championships this year. So I, I, I might be on someone like that in those rounds that, that fall too far.
2: You know, he he's not a veteran, but he is coming off a torn ACL. We talked about the Broncos, but we didn't talk about Javante Williams. He is going at the 501 one pick after Aaron Jones. Do you have any feelings on Javante Williams? He tore his ACL early in the season. And I know it takes like you know one full year to really full fully regain your 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 mobility in that knee. So really. This year we should kind of be, um, you know, not overestimating his output. But man, Javante Williams guy who's going in the second round last year, going in the fifth round this year. Does what yeah. does that strike you as? I would probably, I would a, probably, I would just probably right? yeah,
3: he'd be somebody I'd probably temper expectations on early going in the season. But I agree with you that you know if that team is improved, and Payton does a good job, and and then coming on the the second half of the season through the playoff run, I could see him coming on right. So you know, in in, in that case, right, he's. He's kind of in the mold because of this injury. More of like what happens with with some of the rookies, where you know they start slow, but if if they really pick it up in the second half of the season and kind of for the stretch run, they could be pretty valuable, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Uh, no question. Um, Also, very valuable, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm assuming. That your brother got some sort of cut of that for your runner-up uh, finish. Have you already earmarked the cash for something? Do you still have the cash? Is it already spent, Bill? What are you doing with all yeah, that?
3: Yeah, no, money? yeah, he did get he did get his half. So uh, yeah, we we were we okay. uh, split that up. Um, I'm kind of in the in I'm kind of due, overdue to get a, a new car, so I'm starting a car shop. So put some money towards that. Ferrari, maybe.
2: Lamborghini, uh, Bugatti. Yeah. What are we talking here? Uh,
3: maybe maybe I'm, I've been looking at Audis. I, I like the Q5, so I'm thinking maybe maybe that. Okay. Um, and then, uh, the other thing is my brother and I have been talking for years about coming to Vegas and we always have done online drafts and, uh, you know, so this might be the year that, you know, we kind of said after, after this big win, we gotta, we gotta go out to Vegas. We've interacted, you know, played FFPC for years, interacted with tons of people on Twitter, you know, been in many leagues, but we've, we've never made it out there alive. So this may be the year. So I hope if we make it out there, we gotta, we gotta have a beer together or something. We will. Absolutely. We will. I'm, I'm trying to like, I was
2: so last year was my busiest week ever out there, um, for Vegas. We did, um. Better Sports Network was just starting, and um, I ended up doing 11 hours of radio with them out there. So I was totally slammed with facilitating live drafts, doing online stuff. We had football guys and main events going up on, on Sunday morning out there, so I was totally slammed. I'm trying to dial that back a little bit this year so I can spend more time with the players that I only really get to see once a year, yourself included. So we will have a beer. We'll probably have more than one. Uh, nice. as well, if I see you out there. We,
3: we can't <laughs> let those Bills guys win again. So you know no. we can't allow a three-peat on our, on our, on our watch. So we got to we got to rally the troops out there and get get, get another uh, winner.
2: Yeah, and, and Scott, uh, also chiming in on the chat right now, a guy who's been out to Vegas uh, when he's talking about the FFPC. It's a life-changing experience. He says it's awesome. I, I think you're really going to enjoy it as well. And the fact that the Go Bills guys have already been on Twitter and Facebook saying there is a 0% chance they three-peat, makes me think there's a non-zero chance that they threepeat. And God knows we I mean they're super they're really nice guys. They're awesome. They were they're on the HSFF Hour this past week. They're super nice. Um and and uh if anybody's going to threepeat, okay, that I'm pa- it's palatable with those guys, but I would like to see some fresh blood up there. I think we'll see a new FFPC millionaire this year and maybe it will be Bill Quirby's who joined me tonight on the road of his high stakes to little Bill, thank you so much for putting up with my technological issues with the internet tonight. You are the man. I learned a lot tonight. Uh, always love uh, talking with you about uh, fantasy football. We'll do this again sometime real soon, man. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It was a blast. Look you forward got to it, meeting.
2: Bill. Absolutely. Thank you. Bill Quirby's, ladies and gentlemen, the $150,000 runner-up in the uh, 2022 Football Guys Players Championship. He'll be back for more again this year. Maybe winning the whole thing. Uh, either the 500 grand in the football guys players championship or the million dollars in the FFPC main event. Uh, that will do it for the February edition of the road of His high stakes slowdown. Uh, we will be back um, coming up in March. So what we're doing right now is we'll be going live uh, the first Tuesday of every night uh, or the first Tuesday night of every month here until we hit September when we're back in season again. So I'm trying to think what, what we're looking at for, for the next, um, road of his high stakes Slowdown. it will be um let's see here march 7th i believe we will go live so that will be the next time uh, i have a pretty good guest booked for, or pretty good guest i'm hoping to book for that one so be paying attention to that if you don't want to wait that long and why would you we got some great content coming up special high stakes fantasy football hour wednesday night that's tomorrow no hsff hour this friday because i will not be in a place where i can trust my video internet although it wasn't great tonight um but tomorrow night 10 9 central Myself and Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, Farrell Elliott, will be uh, chopping it up with John Pierce, the FFPC Super Bracket $10,000 champion. He will be our guest on tomorrow night's episode. Uh, The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network goes live each and every Thursday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, got another great guest for that this week. Um, Two-hour show with 4 for 4's John Daigle. Uh, He will be joining me. Uh, this Thursday night on the BSN for the HSFF, hour, uh, HSFF show, that's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're downloading the Better Sports Network app that's free in the Google Play Store as well as the App Store for your iOS products. Uh, you win $25,000 in the 2023 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament at just $125 entry fee. Sign up now at MyFFPC.com for that or sign up for just a $35 entry fee to win five grand and the 2023 FFPC Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament as well. While you're there, uh, you can check out all the Dynasty orphans we have uh, at myffpc.com, or you can go to dynastydepot.com. Use the FFPC5 code so you get free 60 days access um, to, uh, to Dynasty Depot, where you can buy orphan teams, you can bid on orphan teams, you can sell your Dynasty teams there as well. And as you move your way up the leaderboard for your performance on Dynasty Depot, Uh, you will uh, be in the running to win a free entry into the 2024 FFPC main event. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and uh, get notified for all the great content that we have on the FFPC YouTube channel. The Road of His High Stakes Lowdown returns in March. The HSFF Hour is live tomorrow, Wednesday, February 8th, and the Better Sports Network goes live on the BSN app, 7 o'clock, Thursday night, February 9th. Thanks for watching, everybody. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, be good. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, not, I don't have a rooting interest in either team, uh, but I do think the Eagles are going to pull it off. Be good, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown. A Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?